Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast. Today, Luckland and I will go over the 10 films nominated for Best Picture at the 2023 Academy Awards. We'll go through them in alphabetical order. At the end, we'll share our personal rankings as well. So stick around if you want that. You could also skip ahead. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Luckland, let's get into it. Let's talk about the first film on the list, All Quiet on the Western Front. What did you make of that one? International. What a start. Uh, absolutely loved all Quiet on the Western Front. It had this atmosphere that no other film was able to really match at all last year. It was just terrifying the entire time. A great adaptation and a great remake as well, mm. uh, which you don't really have a lot of those these days, great remakes of a previous film. Well, I think it wasn't a remake. It was just a re-adaptation because the original is, it's just correcting you. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is your time. I don't want to take away. It's not a remake. It's just a re-adaptation. Uh, but still, yeah, you don't get great remakes regardless. That still stands. Sorry. No, I'm happy to move on. All right. Because <laughs> you want to correct me on everything. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I pissed him off. I pissed him off. I'm, I'm Is sorry. Is that how I'm it's going to be, motherfucker? Yeah, no, that's going to be for the rest of well, Did you know what? that Avatar All is a sequel? All part the Western Front's not going to win Best Picture because yeah. it's going to win Best International. It's got no chance of winning Best Pi Picture. I mean... Remake or not. Re I mean, Re-adaptation or not. Bathtub. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I liked it quite a bit as well. It's uh, it's a great war film, probably the best that we got this year. Great technical movie, great adaptation, re-adaptation, re-adaptation, not a remake. Let's move on to Avatar, which is just straight up a sequel. There's no debating there. I know you're a big fan of it, so I'm handing it off to you once more. What do you, what, what do you make of Avatar? Brother, Avatar was so much fun. I talk about how All Quiet had a great atmosphere, but yeah. Avatar 2 had that cinematic like i want to go see this movie atmosphere one of those films from last year where i just i had this feeling in the cinema where i was like i don't get to see movies like this anymore we don't really have these big epics anymore that is not a marvel movie and right. that's where avatar 2 came in avatar 2 does have its flaws like i feel like its middle act is just boring but the start and the end and it's just oh it's so good. It was so much fun. James Cameron is an absolute master at this. Mm -hmm. He can make epics. He maybe can't do small character piece studies anymore, but he can definitely yeah. do epics. Um, yeah. So yeah, Avatar, Way of Water, it was good. Agreed there. I feel like from the nominations it's got, it definitely deserves to win the VFX award. It's by far the best that we've gotten this year. This, this movie looks stunning, and although it didn't really do much for me, personally for the story and it just ran a bit too long like you said that middling uh, middle part in it i had some great sequences some great moments big theater moment here uh great to see like a big box office hit make it to uh you know the oscars maybe it will help with some more people uh tuning in check out the awards as well moving on to another people pleaser really funny movie the banshees of inishirin i know you love martin mcdonough this wasn't at the top of your list for his filmography this is one of the contenders to take like best film home so what do you make of banshees of inishirin it was good it just wasn't my favorite now i feel like i should go back and rewatch it i feel like i might have been too judgmental the day that I watched it. So maybe a rewatch will make it be a bit higher for me. I think mm -hmm. the performances were great. I think that the film was great. 
It's just out of the other films that he's done, it just wasn't as good in my opinion. But as I said, I feel like I was just a bit harsh on that first watch. So I'm going to see what a rewatch can do in the future and maybe it will bump up there. But Manchies of Inishiran, I know you say it's going to be a contender. I can definitely yeah. see that. I don't think it's going to get it. I don't think it's yeah. going to get it. Uh, but in terms of what else it's nominated for, you've mm. got some other categories that it's nominated in. And there's some mm -hmm. opportunities there, but yeah. for best picture, sorry, Mike, not happy. I feel like it's one of the strongest screenplays, and it is in original screenplay. He's also in directing. I feel like he'll lose out on that because it's not that big of a directing movie that you can just kind of see. But it's so incredibly well written. I think that's the the best part mm. about it, and the performances as well. So uh, it's wicked. A movie that I'm rooting for to win a bunch of awards as well but it's hard this year because i am pretty much fine with most of the nominees winning in in any of the categories other than our next movie elvis which boo boo elvis boo we don't need a biopic about some famous artist each year raking in a bunch of nominations i get why the lead actor nominees there i think austin butler definitely deserves that nomination any other of the no nominations it's got i feel like is a bit of a stretch do you want to do you want to say something about elvis no nope. right moving on that's the one i think out of the entire lineup it's the only film that i'd say skip out on it you don't need to see it it's so similar to a lot of other biopic films other than the buzz lerman constant energy of like the camera moving without a stop the next movie on the list is probably the current favorite to win uh most of the awards of the night that's uh the daniels's everything everywhere all at once and he got a nice 4k blu-ray dvd right there of it uh great movie you are probably it's biggest uh champion what's not to love about everything everywhere there's nothing to not love about everything everywhere all at once because it has so much to give but i can mm. definitely see it being snubbed at the oscars i really wanted to have a clean sweep because i think it's one of those right. stories of you know I, I started here and it just went and exploded and it became this phenomenon so mm. i i'm all behind everything everywhere all at once to win in every category it's nominated in there are some exceptions that I will say. I feel like there are other people who deserve to win over everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, but, like in score, uh, maybe, or something like that, or like score. Song. I would agree, but for best picture, I think it deserves it. I think it's an incredible feat of storytelling and performances and mm -hmm. just fun. Really, it was a perfect mixture of you know everything that you could want in a film. If you haven't seen it, I'd recommend it because it's a it's a great great watch and if you have and you can watch it on 4k it's yes stunning stunning go check it out i'm definitely i'm considering should i rewatch it before the oscars or should i do like a watch once i know that it's one best picture and i'm just like manifesting it to you're now to watching best picture uh winner of 2023 uh exactly. everything everywhere all at once yeah yeah could be, you, you could do that i well. like to, i like the sound of that but someone who is not too unfamiliar to be around the awards ceremony although i think he hasn't like won a ton of them i'm not entirely sure steven spielberg's uh ode to his own childhood and family in the fablements is one that i really really enjoyed uh luckily i i think you quite liked it uh, as well not uh, you're not as high on it as i am tell me about it it's steven spielberg's most spielberg movie of all time uh, that's all, that's all the time we got, folks. That's all we need. <laughs> but I will say, I will say just quickly, 
It is yeah. Spielberg's best movie in probably a decade. Agreed, uh, yeah. So if you feel like Spielberg has been going downhill, he has. His films haven't been that great. When I heard he was doing Ready Player One, I was quite interested. When I mm. saw Ready Player One, I almost wanted to cry. Not because it was great, but because it was absolutely dreadful. I would love to see Spielberg back at his game, and I feel like this is a domino effect. This film was awesome. It's not a big scale film like some of his previous works have been. Mm. He gets back to small scale and does what he does best, and that's character pieces. My God, he could do some cool stuff in the future. So hopefully this will win something and it will show him that he can do good films once again. Yeah, it did get a bit of flack, I guess, for the reason of, you know, a filmmaker making a movie about his own thing and whatever. And those tend to do pretty well from, like, in the Oscar races. Usually, uh, usually you got, like, the Belfast and... Even, mm -hmm. uh, not really Empire of Light, but that didn't do too well this year. You get them, and a lot of the times that they're not that great. But here, I think you got a really solid film at the center of it. Uh, and it's got all the trademarks that you would want out of a uh, good Spielberg movie. Great performances, amazing staging, and incredible camera work. So I'm a bit big advocator for The Fablemans, and it's probably got the best cameo of all time in it. So uh, I'm it's rooting tough. for it. If there was a cameo category that probably would be, you know, ruled by... They, sh they should introduce that. Before we do stunt people, do a cameo and it's like four Marvel movies and then like one other film uh, <laughs> that gets like nominated each year. So to pull in some numbers. Anyways, next up, we got the type of music film that I'd love to see more often. Overdose, um, almost autobiographical. There's a touch of the you know, actual artists involved into how the story is shaped type of films with Tar. Todd Field comes out like every 10 years to make like a movie. And this has been in the works for a long time. We get Kate Blanchett in one of her best roles like ever. She already got like two Oscars to her name. I loved Michelle Yeoh. Kate Blanchett still gave the best performance of the year in this. It's an incredible movie. I really liked it. And Lachlan, I think you liked it quite a bit as well. I did. I thought it was really awesome, a really unique bit of uh, work, especially in this range of films. I would say Tar yeah. is probably the strangest of the Best Picture nominations. Uh, it's not the easiest film to follow, and yeah. I wouldn't say it's uh, the most mainstream film uh, on here mm. either. Uh, even though you have an international picture on here, and obviously the Oscars are pretty English-focused for their main category, except in that one year where they nominated Parasite. Yeah, and Drive My this Car. This is probably the yeah. This is probably the strangest film on the list. Uh, even though everything everyone wants is quite weird at times, uh, Tar yeah. is definitely uh, an interesting uh, film. So yeah, I, I love yeah, that I moment where Kate Blanchett is like uh, you know conducting with hot dog fingers. That really sold it to me. Yeah. As like a best Perfect. picture. Perfect. That whole other universe where that happened. Mm. Uh, but no. It's great. Tar. Not going to get best picture. I'm sorry. No. It's a tough sell. It's also one that if you're having a hard time the first time around, I, I feel like it definitely like warrants a second viewing that I fully haven't yeah. given it, uh, given that yet. I think we did a review for it, uh, for spoiler review and didn't have time to, to catch it again. Uh, but it, it, it's like, it's so 
like loaded with a lot of imagery that you miss on the first time. But I feel like the discussions that come out of the film are so interesting. Like I I've talked to a bunch of people now that it's out internationally. For me, like with people around and they've seen it, all of it was, was really riveting. So go seek it out if you can. If you're an American, then I feel like you've probably already seen this film five times in theaters. Top Gun Maverick, uh, achieving what no movie has done before, being truly unique in one aspect of bringing really captivating performances and cinematography onto uh, actual like flying fighter jets and uh, really in embracing everything. Uh, it's like brace for impact as soon as you sit into your seat and be uh, strapped in for like the two hours of the experience that this Top Gun Maverick. I still stand by that I think Switzerland is the antagonist in the film, although they leave it open. They just they just didn't want to piss us off because you don't they know what, what we do. What we do. We, we, we sent the goats after you if you be too rude to us. But Lachlan, uh, you, you like uh, Top Gun Maverick quite a bit as well. Have you revisited There's it? There's a lot of fun. Or have you seen it? You've seen it more than once I in haven't. theaters as well. Yeah, twice. Because it was so much fun. It was an enjoyable experience. And it yeah. wasn't like the longest of the cinematic movies uh, of last year. Uh, yeah. In terms of when I say cinematic, I mean like the classic like action, go to the movies to see it on the big screen. And mm. as much as Tom Cruise was really hyping it up in the promos and I was like, all right, Tom, I'll go see it in the fucking cinema then. Uh, it was good to actually watch it there because it was a uh, visual marvel. Everything mm. else about it uh, sucked. Like the fucking, <laughs> like the story it was not there. The performances, yeah. yeah, they're okay. But honestly, it was just a really fun movie to watch because you knew that the majority of that film was shot practically, and that's yeah. impressive. That and is, that yeah. was the best part about it, when mm -hmm. they start pushing where we can put cameras and how much we can do practically. This renaissance of doing practical stunts and effects is something I'm really looking forward to in the future of this industry, mm -hmm. because for the longest time, VFX have been a way of cheapening shots that would be you know too difficult to do. But I mm. feel like there's now a goal to find a way of doing them practically because Chris Nolan knows that it makes it look better and it gives this authentic feel to the movie that has been missing for a little bit. Yeah, he's he's kind of raised the stakes because now every movie that involves some sort of flying is going to be compared to Top Gun. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you, you probably are going to see that. I mean, Avatar goes into a wholly different direction where like the CGI is so up high that like every other Marvel film or even upcoming DC films with Aquaman or a Black Panther film or The Little Mermaid is going to get compared to Avatar, which is so bright and colorful and, you know, there's a lot of life in it. And all of these other ones go the more realistic route, I guess, that like, you know, there's not a lot of light down under uh, in the sea. It, it, like the visual approach, they take a, a, a different one there. It's like if you were to film in the actual ocean, which you would never do, it definitely wouldn't look like an Avatar film. Um, so, so like there's, it is a middle ground for whatever you want to do. But at least when it comes to flying high, uh, Top Gun has set a new standard. Next up is a comedy that made waves. Although both Top Gun, I actually saw Tom Cruise at the premiere uh, in Gun. He, he's a tiny man, man. He's so small, but he's he's got so much uh, charisma. Uh, he it, it carries him around. He's like floating in the air as soon as he's like <laughs> on the red carpet. But Triangle of Sadness won the Palm Door uh, in um, Gun, and uh, deservedly so. It's the, the the biggest movie coming out of that festival, other than After Sun as well. By the way, premiering there. Shout outs to that film. 
But A Triangle of Sadness, a fun comedy with a bunch of rich people vomiting on a cruise. Uh, the less you spoil about, I guess, where the story leads, the more I think you're going to have a good time with it because it's, you know, it's full of surprises. Uh, what did you make of the Triangle of Sadness? The less you know, the better. Yes. Uh, and I knew absolutely nothing about the story because I watched the trailer ages ago and I couldn't remember anything about it. <laughs> so going yeah. into it blind was the best thing because it was an absolute blast. It's one of those movies that make you laugh at the situation because the situation is quite funny. Uh, yeah. I had a great time with Triangle of Sadness, even though it only really references Triangle of Sadness once. I like how mm. that's the title right at the start uh, and it continues on and it just becomes absolute mayhem. But I yeah. had a great time. Ruben Usland has got to go from, he did the square to triangle. Next up, he'll do the line to like dot. I just want to see yep. like the, yep. the quadrilogy completed. Um, yes. Lastly, it's the movie we just talked about on the latest episode of the Quiet On Set podcast. You can go check that out right here. But Women Talking, I think it's it was probably the number 10 spot to get in other than maybe Triangle of Sadness. It's kind of interesting that like alphabetically they also come at the bottom. I think they were probably like number 9 and 10 slots here. Something that narrowly didn't make it is The Whale that we also reviewed on the podcast before. We both uh, liked that one quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, coming off of Women Talking, you can, you can like we literally just talked about it. But for those of you who haven't seen that, what did you make of Women Talking, Lachlan? Keeping it simple, it's one of the best written films uh, in terms of dialogue for the entirety of the film. There's definitely mm -hmm. moments in a lot of these films that we've spoken about where they've got a really good scene going between characters, but Women Talking is essentially one really long scene, one really long discussion between them, and it's engaging yeah. through the entire thing. So mm -hmm. I see why it's on the list for Best Picture, because as a movie, dialogue is so important and this is a masterclass of performances and dialogue yeah. mixed together to be really really good i feel like a lot of these films are better in a lot of those other areas and that's where they make up for it and dialogue isn't as good as this film mm. but the thing is yeah. the rest of this film is just okay so women talking uh isn't gonna get best picture but I'm glad to yeah. see it here because it definitely deserves a spot. What do you think about the the lineup overall? Is this like a good selection of 10 films to represent 2022? Or how do you feel about uh, it? Yeah, I think it is because you've got a mixture of great action with Avatar and Top Gun. You have, mm -hmm. you know, the classic directors of, uh, you know, Baz Luhrmann and uh, Spielberg with Elvis and the Fablemans in there. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got some interesting picks. Some diverse picks. I think that Women Talking, Triangle of Sadness, and Tar are three very interesting picks because they're three, in some ways, quirky movies with uh, Triangle of Sadness and Tar. And obviously, Women Talking being the character study, the, 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 which obviously wouldn't win out of the two character studies because you have Elvis in there. Uh, <laughs> and it's much more yes, glamorous. Mm -hmm. Um but then you've got like uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Banshees of Inisherin, which are like a, a good mixture of, you know, storytelling. Because I think out of yeah. the two, those two films, out of those two films, out of the 10, I should say, uh, those are the films that are very good in a lot of the categories of, of story, uh, sorry, I should say screenplay and mm -hmm. directing and performances. I think that they're the strongest in all realms. I don't think it really lacks anywhere with those films, where with the other films, I could definitely pick 
areas where I think they fail in comparison to the rest of the film. I agree, Dev. Like the selection is great with the typical war film that you get like at least one a year. Finally, also some great box office successes. You can kind of see that uh, the audience gravitates towards the like box office hits that also have some inherent like great quality about them and that also be recognized best by the Academy. Uh, it is great to see. I think um, it's definitely going to be interesting if, you know, for the last few years, the people tuning in has, cons has consistently gone down and maybe after the little smacky on the face from Will Smith, uh, if, you know, that's going to create more interest, I doubt it because that was just an, you know, singular moment. But with the selection here, if that will spawn any type of interest a bit more or if uh, the Oscars will... Um, ultimately shift into more irrelevance. Lachlan, if you had to rank all of those 10 films from worst to best, how would they stack up? All right, my list. Number 10, mm -hmm. Elvis. Number yes. nine, Women Talking. Number eight, The Fablemans. Number seven, Tar. Number six, Top Gun Maverick. Five, Triangle of Sadness. Four, All Quiet on the Western Front. Three, The Banshees of Inisherin. Two, Avatar The Way of Water. And one, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Shocker, I keep right? forgetting my number one spot. Yeah, no, no shocker there. I keep being surprised how much you you love Avatar. But that's fine. It will be a bit earlier in my list. So I'll give you my top 10 as well, which uh, is as follows. Number 10 is also Elvis. Then I already got Avatar 2 at the number 9 spot, followed ha by Top Gun Maverick. Then at number 7, Women Talking. Number 6, Triangle of Sadness. Number 5. All Quiet on the Western Front. Number four, Tar. Number three, already. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I gotta give it a rewatch. It might move up. I got Fablemans ahead of it at the number two spot. And then my number one spot. I was kind of surprised myself that The Banshees of Inishirin is my favorite out of the lineup. I love that movie. It's so funny. Uh, it's great to revisit and watch clips of it. Glad for Barry uh, Keoghan to have won. Uh, he won at the BAFTAs for Best Supporting. He probably will not win that award again at the Oscars, but everyone who's been nominated, really, there's, there's been a, a great selection of nominees in all of the categories. So go see some films. I hope this kind of helped you out with uh, what do you want to watch, what do you don't want to uh, watch, I guess. But if you want to get more from us, uh, we do a weekly podcast. Subscribe to not miss that. We pretty much covered most of these films on our show in um, a full-on spoiler review where we really dive deep into that. So if you're interested, go check it out. Oh yeah, something that I also want to mention before we leave you, uh, we also got a contest running that you can uh, participate, uh, fill it out if you get most predictions uh, right and you end up being the winner. We will uh, give out a year of Letterbox Pro for free. So go on, participate. We'd love to uh, see you there. And until then, uh, have a good time at the movies. We'll see you soon.